thank you so much for coming, braving the, the weather and the roads and everything like that. I know that it, uh, it's Wyoming, right? This is what we do. <laughs> this is how we do here in Wyoming. And we want to just, I just want to thank you tonight and extend um, my appreciation to you um, to gather together. And in, in, I know our pastor and Sister Carnahan are traveling right now, but look, at, look around. We're still gathering together. We're still encouraging one another. And that's, to me, that's evidence of, of, of someone, the, the leadership we have in this church, people that teach the word, who love the word, who pray and who praise, uh, pray over us and have taught us these things. And that's what really, the, as we read the Gospels, of, as we read our Bibles, that's what Jesus taught his disciples to do. He commissioned them to go into all the world and preach the Gospel and to build one, one another up. And we read that, that God has given us a fivefold ministry, and that is for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, right? And the edifying of the body of Christ to build us up individually. So I appreciate that. I'm thankful that we can gather together. And if you're watching tonight, we want to welcome you and say thank you for joining us online. Know that you are more than welcome to be a part of this service too. So if you have any questions, um, we have Jared, Brother Jeremy who's monitoring the internet for us so he can uh, relay those questions to us and, and prayer requests as well. So if you have any prayer requests and you're watching tonight, please share those. We'd be happy to pray with you. So thank, thank God for the church, you know, the called out ones. You know, and I think the last few Wednesdays we've been reading about this, the called out ones called the children of Israel. And isn't it amazing to, to see how God started with uh, one person and then through that person created a whole nation. And as we read about the children of Israel, we learned recently about their exodus out of Egypt, that slavery, that bondage. And as I read the word, I see that there's so many parallels in the Old Testament to what we endure today. And isn't that awesome? And so for those of you who are reading um, and following your daily readings, that is, uh, that's an amazing thing. We start seeing these parallels and we start recognizing, wow, their bondage is very similar to that, the spiritual bondage that you and I deal with, that we come out of, that Christ calls us out of. And he wants to lead us to a promised land, right? And we've seen that. We learned how the children of Israel endured through the wilderness, and then they finally made it to the River Jordan, right, to cross over eventually into that promised land. And what God said he would do, he did. And we look at the children of Israel very much like the church today, right? That God's called them and he, he's equipped them. And he wanted them to be separate from everybody else. He wanted them to be special. He wanted not just to, to have them live by a bunch of rules and regulations, right? But he wanted them to be different in the way they act, acted, the way they looked, the way they talked, the way they, they treated one another. And most importantly, the relationship they had with God Almighty. And I think that's, in that perspective, I can see the same theme as we read the New Testament, uh, very much evident that God has called us to do the very same thing, to, to be different, to be separate from the world, and most of all, to have a relationship with God Almighty. And so on that note, if you haven't, and, and I believe you can still probably catch up, um, this daily reading is free for anybody who wants one. And for those of you who are following along in this one, you'll notice that it is also chronological this year. Kind of cool, huh? Pretty neat. So we're in, we're in Genesis, and all of a sudden we hop into Job. 
Pretty cool, huh? But um, either way, whatever your reading plan is, we want to encourage you to stay in that. And, and it just so happens that in our, our God's Word for Life, as we've been going through that, we're, we're in that same area. We're in the Old Testament. We see God calling the people out of Israel. And we see Him setting them up and giving them a calling, a special uh, calling in their lives. And if, 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 as we read, we realize that God called the children of Israel into the Promised Land. But do you recall why God gave them this land? We know he promised through Abraham, right, to give this land to to his people. But he also noted that the people who inhabited the land, right, because there were already people living there. Many nations were already in the land that God was going to give his people Israel. And God had told them that the reason, there was a reason that they were no longer going to possess that land, these other nations. And it was basically due to their, the way they lived, their idolatrous nature, the things they worshipped, the things they did that were abhorrent to God. He, he did not like those things. So he was basically giving this new called-out people called Israel their land. And I find that very interesting. And so, and in order to do that, he established laws. He established a way of living, a way of worshiping. And as we read about the tabernacle, the details in the tabernacle, we see that really what God was teaching Israel to do was how to worship him, right? They had, they had sacrifices, they had ordinances, and all of that, and there was a lot that, ha- that had to be done. There were priests, there were Levites, but what it really amounted to, if you could boil it down, was just learning how to worship God. And that's exactly what he's teaching us today. Jesus told the woman at the well that, God wants people to worship him in spirit and in truth, right? That's what God's seeking for. And I'm thankful that we can come into a place like this. And we see not only the adults, but we see our children. We see everyone worshiping God. And I believe that's, that's the hallmark of the people of God. They know how to worship God, right? And so I know people, when you come into a place like this, and, and if you've never been to a Pentecostal church, this might be very different. But I just realized, man, these are... These are people who are just expressing and responding to God because they know what God has done for them in their lives. And that's what, that inspires me as an individual to want to do that more. I want to learn how to respond to God more. I want to be sensitive to God's spirit. And these are the things that we learn in the Bible. And, And if we can learn to do that, we'll have a relationship with the Lord. So this week, we got to learn a little bit about this gentleman named Joshua. And... Joshua, as we, we read our Bibles, is basically the man who takes over after Moses, right? And we know that Moses was not able to enter into the promised land. But Joshua was the chosen leader to take the people, the children of Israel, into this promised land to inherit the promises. And he's taken over officially, and they've gone through the River Jordan and they're into the promised land, and they're now on that conquest. We learned last week about the walls of Jericho and how they fell down. Isn't that amazing? And how we learned, it's just kind of a quick review, how God uh, defeated this nation, Jericho, in a way that no one else would really would have thought of, right? He had them walk around the wall one, one, once a day for six days, and then on the seventh day, they walked around seven times, right? And then once those priests blew that trumpet and they shouted, then those walls came 
crashing down. And it's just amazing how God does things a specific way. And if we can learn how to do those things, if we can learn how to walk in the Spirit, and if we let God lead us, we too can have those types of victories in our lives. And so we're learning about these conquests. It's exciting that Joshua, and if you could pull up Joshua uh, chapter 24, we're going to read in verses 14 and 15. And it's amazing to see God work through his people. And not only that, I noticed in the word just how the fear of God was upon the nations that, they, that were about to be taken over. And they, they had heard. They had heard of the things of God. They heard about God parting the Red Sea. They heard about the miracles that God did in bringing out the children of Israel out of Egypt and the plagues that he imposed on Pharaoh and his people and the judgment that he brought to the nation of, of uh, Egypt, the Egyptians. And so they had heard these things, and they were fearful. They knew that there was just a matter of time before Israel was at their border getting ready to take over. So Joshua 24, and if, you want, if you're taking notes, this week's lesson was based on Joshua 24, verses 1 through 24. But in verse number 14, this is Joshua. He says, Now therefore... Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that was the message this week in our readings. But for me and my house, not only did Joshua make that pronouncement, make that, present that choice to the children of Israel, he was the first one to step out and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, right? And, and I, I appreciate that faith because I believe it's the same faith today that's going to make the difference for you and I. When we say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And no matter what's going on in our society, in our families, in the world today, that we have made this decision, we're going to serve the Lord regardless of our circumstances. And we read that. And we see that even back then, Joshua told of God's blessings through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he, he explained to them. And I believe that it's important for us, as I've examined this message this week, to remember what God has brought us through, to remember where God has brought us, the, the distance. And, and just personally thinking and looking back in my own life and seeing God's hand in my life, even as far back as I can remember, guiding me, protecting me, right, and seeing the difference he has made to bring me to where I am today. And I'm thankful for that. And everyone here has that. Everyone here has that testimony that you can share. And that's what God is wanting us to do. Let people know what God brought us through. He has made the difference in my life. He has, made, he has been my protector, my refuge, my provider, my deliverer. You know, he's been, he is now my God. And that is why I serve him. And that's the message that Joshua was sharing with the children of Israel and, and encouraging them to remember what God has done for you. Remember what he has brought you from. And, and you will notice throughout the Old Testament that, that it would often set up memorials, physical memorials in places 
specific places so they would remember what God had done. They would read the law of God to remind them about what God has said in the statutes. And they would recall things like the Passover, what that was all about. And God wanted them to share that with their children, right? So their children, children would know where they came from. And I believe it's important that you and I know where we came from in the Lord. We, we, we want to know that so we don't go back, right, in those places. And so how many here, before we get started with this lesson, how many here are boxing fans? Just, we've got one, Dame, Brian, Brother Brian, Darren. Well, then you'll like this one. Here, here you go. So it says uh, here, uh, I never took the fight seriously. This was a quote from a gentleman named Mike Tyson. It says, those somber words of former heavyweight boxing champion, Iron Mike Tyson, came several weeks after arguably the greatest upset in the history of professional boxing. Around 30,000 fans crammed into the Tokyo Dome. The bell changed, or the bell clanged, and two hulking men began to pummel each other. The crowd anticipated Tyson to fight to a resounding defeat of a relatively unknown boxer named James Buster Douglas. As the rounds added up, the crowd and critics realized something was wrong. In the 10th round, a relatively unknown Buster Douglas defeated a battered and staggering Iron Mike by knockout after the um, boxing world was stunned. But the defeated heavyweight champion realized it was his own fault. I was out of shape, more or less, Tyson said in a New York Times article in March of 1990. I set myself get too heavy, he said, I let myself, I'm sorry, get too heavy before the fight. I lost 25 pounds in Japan in the last month before the fight. It was too much. I fell into sloppy habits. Douglas beat an out-of-shape guy who didn't prepare properly. Mike Tyson's defeat teaches us a little about human nature. Over time, we tend to stop doing the things that led to our success. We may get sloppy in maintaining what led to our success. Dieters often find this to be true. Through hard work, willpower, and discipline, people lose weight. Then little allowances are made that lead to reduced discipline. Gradually, the weight begins to creep back onto their frame. Dieting is an ongoing battle. Similarly, consider how many marriage relationships fail due to spouses who fall into sloppy habits. The selfless, loving attitudes and behaviors they exhibited early in the relationship give way to criticism, apathy, and selfishness. It is the same with our relationship with God. Samson found out the hard way that what happens when you forget the fundamentals of living in the favor of God. Like Iron Mike, Samson was a heavyweight champion in his own right. He was mightily used of God to lead and defend against the enemies of God, but over time, he too fell into sloppy habits. Sloppy habits, a lack of self-discipline, and ignoring key fundamentals always lead to failure. And so as we read this, we, as I read this, I realized that a lot of what God was trying to teach the children of Israel were fundamental things. And we, we heard from Pastor recently, and Pastor often reminds us of the fact that God gives us simple instructions. It's those simple instructions. I, and, I, and I see just in the Word uh, as I read that the bigger, the more profound, the weightier the issue is, that God puts in our lives, the, the, the simpler the instructions become. For example, salvation, right? 
God has given us simple instructions to be born of the water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom, right? And it's very clear, and it's throughout the word. And so uh, I see that God, as he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he was giving them simple instructions to remember where they came from. And so that we, they don't want to return back to those, those places in their lives, but also to realize the promises of God are before them, right? And the promises of God should, right, when we embrace them, propel us forward, give us a desire to want to, to, to let go of the things of this life that are plaguing us and embrace the things of God. And we see that in God's people. We see that when we have services like we had Sunday night, right? And if you didn't hear Sunday morning service, I would highly encourage you to check that out. But we must always hold on to the testimony that God has given us. And God has given each and every one of us a testimony. And so what matters is are we sharing it, you know? And God, do we pray that God allows us to give our testimony to somebody, to share that with somebody? Because someone needs to hear it. There's somebody like us who, is, who has struggled with things like we have. And, it, and, and that encouragement to that person is going to make all the difference. So I have a question here. It says, what are some dangers for people maybe who have not experienced struggles and challenges in life? And, and I think that's more in the context of in Christ, you know, or people maybe that just kind of have it good in this life that, you know, but what are some challenges to that? If you'd never struggle, if you've never had a struggle, if you've had things just kind of go your way your whole life. Is there, are there any challenges to that potentially when it comes to living for Christ? And I think Jesus said it very well. He said, the whole need not a physician, you know. And so we, it, the, the perspective God wants to have on struggles and things we go through, temptations and trials, is that they're not bad things, but these are things that we can overcome. But two, that we can have a testimony when we overcome these things. We can get strengthened. We learn these things that the when Jesus said that you shall have trials and tribulations in this life, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So then our faith no longer is in this life anymore. Our trust is no longer in our, 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 our money or careers or relationships, but it is in God. And that's what God wants us to embrace in this life. So, and, you know, I know that a lot of times we want uh, things to be better. We want the sickness to go away. We want the financial issues to go away. We want the problems in life to go away. But we've got to understand that with God's perspective, we can see these and view these things as an opportunity to grow, to overcome, to be strengthened in the Lord, and ultimately to trust more in God. If we never trust in God and we've only trusted in these things, then at some point those things will fail in life. We know that, that the Word of God says they will fail, and the only thing that endures forever is God. And ultimately, that's what God wants us to believe, that he is the answer to our lives, that we, we've accepted that into our lives. So whether you have been a child of God for six months or six decades, 
you have a testimony. For some, this testimony is deliverance from drug, drugs or alcohol addiction. For others, God delivered them from depression or despair. Still others have testimonies of healed bodies or mended relationships. We each have our testimony of what God has brought us from and carried us through. And so coming into the presence of the Lord, we can find strength in the Lord. And like God told Paul, when Paul prayed that his thorn in the flesh would go away, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee, you know, and in your weakness, and then is God strong. And it's those times, I think, that we, we don't realize that that is when God is seeing the most, is when, when we're struggling, when we're having those struggles in life, you know, but God can use those as a testimony and to build that in our lives, to share with others. And so when, when God is for us, who can be against us? That's, that's in the scripture. And if we can endure, learn to endure in faith. And, and I was reading in James not too long ago, and it talks about letting patience have her perfect work, that we may be perfect and, and entire, wanting nothing. And when we, we, we read about patience and we, we realize it's enduring with gladness, it's enduring going through things, and patience is not something that is, comes natural to us, right? But we know it is a fruit of the Spirit, right? But through that patience, if we let it work, it will establish us so that we won't be wanting the things of this world. So we will be complete and a whole, and it only happens through Christ. And so we have an opportunity to endure. We can come through, the Bible talks about uh, walking by faith and not by sight, and living by faith. And the faith of Jesus is what is going to give us victory in our lives. And what is faith? What is the definition of faith? Biblically, now faith is... The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so that's the lesson. And we even see that we sometimes think of faith as a New Testament concept, but it was clearly Old Testament as well. In the Old Testament, it also says to, uh, to walk by faith and not by sight. And so we know that God was teaching and has always been trying to instill in his people faith. And it is faith that the Bible says we inherit the promises of God. It was by faith, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness' sake. And by faith, we become the children of, of actually Abraham through our faith in Jesus Christ. We inherit that promise. So it's a faith walk. And if we can learn to endure, if we can learn to maintain those things, everyday disciplines that keep us successful in our walk in God, we can continue to walk. We won't fight, fail. The Bible says to add to your faith virtue, the virtue, right, knowledge, and add to our faith these things, because those are, uh, when we add to our faith the knowledge of God, we realize that this is what equips me, this is what I can live by, I can grow in the knowledge of God, I can know about who Jesus is, I can, I can see myself in the scriptures when I read about people who have struggled and have had uh, trials and tribulations, or maybe people like Peter who, who denied Christ, but yet God was there to restore him, and not just restore him, use him in a mighty way, you know, and I can learn about people like uh, uh, Joseph, who was betrayed, who was, who was uh, thrown into prison, and accused falsely, 
yet he maintained his faith towards God. That encourages me through the word of God. And ultimately, the word of God is what we want to live by. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God shall man live by. We realize that by the word of God is how we withstand temptation. It's the word of God that equips us to be able ministers of the gospel. It's the word of God that can teach us. And as we realize, as we read throughout the word, it's the word of God that searches our hearts and really discerns the things that is in us that are, are the secret faults, as the Bible calls them, right? The things that we don't even realize, right, that we're doing except the word shows us. And the Bible says that the word, is, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, right? There's, and so basically, the word of God shares, shows us those secret things that we try to hide and cover up. That's our human nature. We want to keep, we hold on, want to hold on to things that we know that uh, the word of, of God tells us to let go of. And it's just our human nature, but the word of God will discern that for us and show us. And like James says, it's that perfect law of liberty. It's like looking into a mirror, right? And seeing who we really are, not who we want to be, but the word of God will show us who we really are. And sometimes we don't like that, right? We don't want to look. Man, sometimes, have you ever been there? You just, you know, it's, it's not going to be pretty, right? But that's how we are. We just don't want to look, so we avoid it. But the Word of God really confronts us. And then when we get confronted with the Word, like Naaman, we learned last Sunday, what are we going to do? Are we going to get angry about it? Are we going to walk away? Are we going to embrace it? And say, Lord, help me to receive this in my life. I know it's good for me. I know my flesh is struggling with this. And I think if we're honest tonight, we all have that to some degree with something. We're just, we know it's there, but we keep coming. We know that it's something we're going to continue to wrestle with. But I want to encourage you tonight that in the name of Jesus, we have that victory. If we embrace the word of God, if we let the word of God be true, and we pray the word of God over our lives, that Lord, if there's anything that is a lie that I've embraced, that is not a truth from your word, allow me to let it go, that I may live by your word, that I may be a testimony, a living example of, of Christ in my life. Let me, allow me to let these things go, God, because ultimately your word is true and I'm a liar. Your word, let your word be true of me. Let it quicken me. Let it cleanse me. The Bible talks about washing of the water by the word of God. Letting that word wash over our minds every day. Letting it renew our minds. The word of God is for that. The Bible says to study to show ourselves approved unto God, right? A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's what we want to be. That's ultimately what the fivefold ministry is for, is to equip, to equip you and I to be able ministers. And no matter who we are, I know that sometimes we, I know personally, I can't speak for everyone else, but I sometimes just think of the pastor as that guy who's supposed to preach the gospel and do all the, the work of the ministry. But when I read my Bible, I read, like, read about people like Stephen and Philip who God equipped to go out and do miracles and minister and preach the gospel to people who were seeking the Lord and use them in a mighty way. And I realized that, man, that's, this gospel is for you and I. God wants to, 
and has empowered you and I to take this gospel and share it with somebody. Sow that seed into somebody's life and pray and know that God is going to add the increase. And I know sometimes maybe you've experienced this where you've shared with somebody, you've taught somebody the word, and it's like it didn't go anywhere. They didn't change. Nothing happened, Lord, so I must not be doing this right. But the word talks about sowing that seed. And when the word of God goes out, and Isaiah 55 talks about this, when it, the word of God goes forth, it will not return to God void. So we can have confidence that when I'm preaching the word, and I'm sharing the word, and my, I'm sharing my testimony of what God done for me, that's going to do something to somebody's life. That's seed that's being sown. And one day, God's going to add in the increase to that seed. He's going to make the difference. He's going to bring to remembrance that to that person, you, your testimony. Because they're going to remember that this man shared how he overcame drug addiction with me. This person overcame the love of money and, and, this, and God had brought into their lives everything they've ever needed, right? So the testimonies of the saints being shared, that is what this is all about. And we, like the children of Israel, have been called out to be separate from not to be better than or act that like we're better than anybody else, but to go forth and be separate from the world and to share that testimony of what our God did for us. The exodus that he had brought us out of into this marvelous light called the gospel of Jesus Christ. To be a light, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, right? And so I pray tonight that you are finding the confidence in the word of God for yourself, that you are somebody in Christ, that I can be used. And when I commit to that, everything gets lined up in my life. God starts bringing things into my life because it all goes back to what Jesus said, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So God doesn't want us to get all caught up in this world about what everyone else is chasing and doing and valuing. And, and we see that all around us. And that's the struggle. We all know that. We, we, we've, we've come from that. And we see that it's in our face every day. But we don't have to embrace what the world embraces. We don't have to worship the idols that the world worships. And we know they're there. We know there's idols there. And maybe we're struggling with some of them still in our lives. But know that when we have the faith to let go of those idols, whatever they may be, you know, an idol's an idol. It may not be the silver and gold or the, the, the golden calves that they worshiped in the Old Testament, but nonetheless, they have the same spiritual impact that they had back then on us today. And God wants to be aware of them. So don't be afraid to pray and say, Lord, show me what, whatever's an idol in my life that I may let go of it. Because ultimately, I want to worship the true God, the one who saved me. These idols can't, these things can do nothing for me, Right? But I know that if I commit my life to the Lord, if I serve you, Jesus, one day I will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. The best words anyone will ever hear, ever, well done, good and faithful servant. And is there, as we look around the world today, is there really anything that is worth or better than eternal life? No. And God wants you and I to know that and believe that and live that, that there's nothing better than eternal life. There's nothing better than being in the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful when we gather together. I'm thankful to go into that prayer room, and I, and I feel the presence of God. And even though I was, 
wasn't even feeling very good. But when I was in that prayer room tonight, I, and I started feeling God's presence, boom, it's gone. It's gone. And I just, that confidence continues to build up any time. I don't feel like praising the Lord. Those are, that's the best time to praise the Lord. Anytime I don't feel like praying, that's the best time to pray. Anytime I don't feel like getting in the Word of God, that's the best time to get in the Word of God. And as I embrace the things of God in my life, I realize that's where the peace is at. That's where my fulfillment is coming from. That is where my joy is coming from. That is where my family is at, the family of God, the people of God. And God has become my God, the God of the Bible. And so God is, wants each and every one of us and everybody to have an experience with him. And that's what I see. And it's not that it was dissimilar in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, we see that God wants the individual to have the experience with him, that that individual will know that God is true, that he is the true God, and there's all these other things are just idols in our lives. So if we let God do that, he will give us experience after experience after experience. There's no ending. It's not a one and done with the Lord. And I'm, I'm thankful that we can come to a place like this and have those kind of experiences. We can see uh, our children worship God. How many people are encouraged by that, right? It's powerful, right? And to see the children uh, lay hands on people and pray over them, that is so powerful, you know, and just see everyone worshiping God. But the point is, like the children of Israel, God has given us a promise, Something that we can't obtain, we can't earn, but we just got to receive. And one of those, and I've shared this plenty of times from this pulpit, that one of the biggest things God has helped me with is to learn how to receive from him and to realize that without God, I am nothing, but I have purpose and that all my past, Jesus is the, the God of my past, my present, and my future. I pray that all the time because I've got to be reminded that my identity my identity is no longer what it used to be. It is now in Christ. And that's what my strength comes from. And, and that's what God has for all of us. He wants us to realize that we are somebody. We belong into a body. We belong to him. And ultimately, as I read the scriptures, I realize what it boils down to is me knowing God and God knowing me. I am his and he is mine. And there's nothing that matters more than that. And when that can be the case in our lives, we will find where we belong. God will put us where we need to be. God will bring the people into our lives that need to be there. And sometimes God, that God will allow us to let go of things, right? And let go of certain relationships, right? That are corrosive or maybe that be, bring discouragement to our lives. But if we, if we can trust the Lord with our lives, he will bring in that fulfillment. He will bring in that joy, that peace, that encouragement, that purpose. And everybody here has a purpose, and like T Paul wrote to Timothy, to stir up the gift that is within you. You know, God has put something in you. So I pray that you're praying that God uses you and that we can yield to God. And as a body, edify one another. As a body, encourage each other. As a body, not, not hold back, but realize that I have something. And I'll, Lord, if I have anything in my life I can give to someone else, then let me give it and to honor you with my life. And so as we close here and we stand, I would like to read this scripture that I found in 1 Corinthians 10, and I think it goes well with this, this whole series we've been learning about. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11, it says, Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and they are written 
for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Brothers and sisters, we know we are in the last days. We know that since the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we were in the last days. All that we read in the Old Testament is for our admonition. And we read that God had given his people a promise, but not everybody made it. Not everybody that came out of Egypt inherited the promised land. We know that there was only two that inherited the promised land that came out of Egypt. And as far as the adults. And so the Bible tells us that these things were written for our admonition, our exhortation is what admonition means, that we could learn from these things, that we should not give up, we should not doubt God, but we should have faith in him that what he said he promised us he will give us, that we don't have to give in to the temptation and lust after evil things because God is our provider. He, he's, he can fulfill us. He knows who we are more than we know who we are. And in the name of Jesus, if we could lift our hands and just say, Lord, help me, Lord, to understand your ways, to receive what you're doing in my life, to trust you, Lord. Lord Jesus, no matter what's going on around me in this world, Lord, we can trust you with our lives, Lord. We come to you, Lord, broken sometimes, Lord, but we know that a broken heart is a good sacrifice to you. That's acceptable to you, Lord, that you, you're able to receive that and see us and use us in our brokenness. And sometimes when we're broken, that's the only time we can see you, Father. But that's okay, Lord. We trust you tonight, Lord, that you can put us back together. You can bring the healing into our lives, the fulfillment. Lord, the love that we long for, Lord, the joy, the peace, Father, that we are seeking after you are the answer, Lord Jesus. You said, Lord, that you have that well of water springing up into eternal life, Lord Jesus, that when we want it, we can receive it, we can have it in the name of Jesus. And if there's any here tonight that has not been baptized in the name of Jesus, who have not had their sins washed away, in the name of Jesus Christ, we can, that can happen tonight. If you are seeking God and you need a healing, you can have that tonight. In the name of Jesus, if you, if you want to know the Lord, if you want to have hands laid.